went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils here on Arizona Sports. I'm Mitch Vareldis alongside Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell. He's on assignment tonight, but I'm sure he was paying very close attention to what is one of three big topics that we're going to hit on in this postgame edition. The Sun Devils won, Jesse, 38-27 over the Wazoo Cougars. They did. They finally got that victory. And I I just want to say that... I said that they would win this game. I thought it would be a little bit less of a scoring game than it was. But I did think that ASU was going to pull this one out. I just didn't really like what Wazoo was doing heading into this game. And I really thought that ASU matched up well with the Cougars. And I ended up being right on that. And it, it was exactly what I kind of expected that. Washington State just does not have a rushing attack. They don't even really try to run the ball. Cam Ward, the quarterback, he can run a little bit, but it wasn't like it was, you know, he was this crazy running quarterback. He wasn't Caleb Williams out here with eight rushing touchdowns on the season or whatever he has. No, Um, it was they just they could not run the ball. It was all throwing and that worked in the first half. And then in the second half, ASU was able to 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 you know, contain Wazoo on defense. It wasn't great defense, but once they got down into ASU territory, ASU's defense was able to hold them to field goals. And that last series, which the game was probably already over anyway, um, but they held them to that fourth and two fourth. It was a fourth and goal situation. And there was a pass breakup and, that sealed the the win for ASU. It was just an impressive kind of resilient win because they didn't come out of the gates and score first. Uh, Washington State won the toss and accepted to receive. And yeah, it was just it was an impressive victory. I'm I'm really happy for Kenny Dillingham. He pours so much into this and he finally got his first Pac-12 victory and he finally got his first victory with that feels like a win. Yeah, in comparison to the Southern Utah game, which you really have to think all the way back to even try and remember how that game turned out, that didn't even end up feeling like a win because there was the obscure delay halfway through because of the dust storm, and there was nothing that we got out of ASU in the second half of that game. Whereas this one, even just looking at the statistics, if you just want to look at it from the 30,000 feet view, this was a complete game that Arizona State put together tonight. Yeah, it it was. And, you know, that game against Southern Utah, Southern Utah is a bad FCS team, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. And they should have beaten them 35 to 7, 42 to nothing, something like that. And they won 24 to 21. And they probably shouldn't have won 24 to 21 because that game would have been different if it wasn't for the delay. I, I think they got a little too amped up for that second half. Uh, you can go back and watch the highlights. Just wasn't it? Just wasn't good in that that second half. And then there was nobody there at the end of the game. Uh, this was not a great crowd tonight for ASU, but it was better than that. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the game of the Southern Utah game, there was nobody there really because it was like almost two in the morning. 
And so this one just, it was against a Pac-12 opponent. It was against a team that was ranked earlier this season. This felt like a signature win. First big win of Kenny Dillingham's career. And it made me convinced that, you know, this team can can maybe do something um, under Dillingham. So there's a lot to like out of this one, um, both on offense and defense and even to special teams. So let's start with the offensive side of things, which you could just look at the stats or you could watch the game. Both of them are going to present you the answer as to why ASU won. It was the rushing attack. And I got to say, 11 carries for 121. Cam Scadaboo, you're an absolute menace. But yeah. it can't be overlooked that DeCarlos Brooks himself had a fantastic night. Three rushing touchdowns on 11 for 67. That tandem was really, really working well tonight. Yeah, it was great. Um, Brooks with the three touchdowns. You, you don't see a lot of three touchdown games no. from uh, running backs, especially a guy that's technically kind of the backup running back. It was pretty 50-50 split. You know, obviously they had the same amount of carries tonight. But um, the big giant chunk run by... Cam Scadaboo that set up his touchdown run. That was something that we really needed to see from Arizona State this season that they've been missing this season. Um, this entire rushing attack um, last week and this week, the coaching staff, they're doing something different because it wasn't working like this earlier in the year. I don't know if that's getting away from the Sparky formation. We haven't really seen that much, um, but whatever they're they're doing is has completely it's it's like a 360 degree turn from what we saw earlier this year this this team can run the football and it's really proving that they're not a they're a good two they're like I would say that they're one of the better two and six teams if you're <laughs> like they 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 lose close games They've now finally got a win against a team that had some pretty high expectations and has a really good quarterback who showed that he was a really good quarterback in this game. Um, yeah, I just I'm just impressed with the adjustments that Dillingham has made this season and how they kind of seem to have gone away a little bit from what they were trying to do earlier in the year and just have kind of made. Um, the decision to run the ball. It's, it's been, it's been really impressive. Um, And with the quarterback play that they have currently, which he played well today, Trenton Borgay. um, But that's what you need to do. This is where they're going to succeed. And I'm just, I'm just happy about it. You know, I think one of the reasons why the rushing attack really struggled early on has to do a lot with one of the bigger contributors tonight to Carlos Brooks. He was hurt. Early, Like we saw some great signs from him in that first game. And then he was dealing with an undisclosed injury for a couple of weeks. And now that he's back, he really compliments Cam Scadaboo so well. And I think when Brooks went down, it added pressure on Scadaboo because no disrespect to Kaison Brown, no disrespect to White. It's it's not the same secondary punch to Cam Without DeCarlos. I think that those two just complement each other so well. And that's why the rushing attack was working like it was tonight. Yeah, you make a really good point there. And I think that I think that Brooks might even be better than Cam. I know Cam had the big run tonight, but Brooks 
was the guy that really stood out to me, especially because he had the three touchdowns. And that first touchdown run was actually my favorite run of the night that Arizona State had, where he ran into the end zone and basically hurdled a guy and got, you know, kind of trucked into the end zone. But that was a tough run. That was not an easy run. And, you know, it was it was impressive. He he showed that he's a tough runner tonight, which was really, really cool. Um, They're he could be just, you know, a monster for this team moving forward. Uh, And, you know, with Sean Aguano, he's always had the the running back room doing well here. Yes. And it was just kind of only a matter of time before they finally figured it out. And yeah, I think you do make a really good point though, that the health of DeCarlos Brooks and him coming back is, you know, a big reason for, for that. And again, I do think that they have adjusted a little bit and it's less of kind of the trickery and stuff from what they were doing earlier. And it's just, we're going to put our you know head down. We're going to run the ball. We're going to beat you that way. We're going to beat you in the trenches. And I love that stuff. 39 carries, 235 yards. That's an average of six yards a carry. And all five of the ASU touchdowns tonight came from the rushing attack. Uh, three of them we mentioned to Brooks. One of them for Cam Scadaboo. And then one for Elijah Badger, who had a nice little run in there. The game the winner. The game. It, yeah. proved, it proved to be the game winner. You know that. And then the ensuing extra point by uh, Dario Longhetto, which we will get to. He had a he had a game to talk about, at least. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that that gave them the lead. So it was ended up actually being a wide receiver running it in. They can run it with so many different players and even Trenton Bourget, he's a decent runner out there. I like, mean, we've talked about it all season long. The weapons that this team has, the skill position players that this team has, there are so when they're fully healthy, there are so many options that the ASU can go to. And it's almost as if Kenny Dillingham is the perfect fit for this kind of a weaponry room. Yeah, in the tight ends tonight, too. We need to talk about the tight ends. Let's do it. They had Four tight ends catch passes, I believe, in this game. That would be Jalen, Bryce, Jaylen, Messiah, and, and Troy, right? And uh, no, Ryan Morgan. Oh, apologies. He, Ryan Morgan had his first catch of the year. So Good they for had him. four tight ends make big plays, and Messiah made a big play. And he, I've just kind of been wondering where he is this season. And I, I found him tonight. He, he made a huge play. <laughs> you in, sent in us a text game. in our group chat. You're like, I found Messiah. There he is. He's yeah, right there. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I found him. He, he had a good play. And then Conyers as well. And then th- th- they can block it. Just, I just would have loved to see what this team could have done. I know that they were banned from a bowl, uh, but I would have loved to see what they could have done if they had had Jaden Rashada all season. It, they would not be two and six. They're a better team than two and six. Mm-hmm. As I said, they're one of the better two and six teams that I've seen. And I'm just really high on them after this one. I think they could actually equal their win total from last season. Oh, it's not going to be that hard to do. They just got to get one more win in these uh, final uh, four games. You of the don't want to go one and 11. No. One and 11 looks terrible. Two and 10 looks so much better than one and 11, especially when it's a Pac-12 victory. And you're only I was just scared that their only victory was going to be that Southern Utah three point win, which would be lame. And again, didn't feel like a win to ending me. the season on an 11 game losing streak is about as 
terrible of a way to close out a season as it can be. Uh, Conyers, as you mentioned, a great night for him. Four catches, 90 yards. Part of that helped by a 50-yard catch. Uh, Also, shout out to Elijah Badger, who, despite the rushing touchdown, was also four for 60 through the air. Through the air, though, Trenton Borgay, you have some thoughts on how he performed tonight. Did what he was supposed to do. Didn't make mistakes. Got the ball to the playmakers. That's what we've been wanting him to do is do what he did last season, which was just move the football, get to the ball, the playmakers. That's what he did. He had some nice throws. He had one throw um, into double coverage. I believe it was to Pierre could have been to uh, another player, but it was in double coverage. He fit that thing right in there. And um, it was just, it was, I thought this was his best performance of the season even though the numbers, again, no touchdowns, only like 274 yards. Mm-hmm. So, it, but 19 of 26, he had a 50 yard pass. He he had a lot. He of, was pretty efficient yeah, tonight. He had a lot of. He didn't throw a touchdown pass, but it was big pass plays to set up rushing touchdowns, where he was really effective in this game. And yeah. It, this was the Trenton Borgay from last season, not the Trenton Borgay from this season. And I think if they can get this from him for the rest of the season, they might again win that one more game. And there's they're still they still are a two and six team, but they might win that one more game if he can play like this. It's gonna be tough though. This this Pac twelve, we can get into that shortly. But yeah, it was it was a crazy day in the Pac twelve, and we'll run through all the scores coming up in a bit, but we have to touch on the other two phases of this team. The defense. I don't think they're going to get nearly the same amount of credit as the offense will for this win, but you look at the difference. 21 points allowed in the first half to Wazoo, six in the second half. And those two field goals late, those were red zone field goals. It's not like that they were field goals from 40 or 50 yards out. They were within 20 yards of scoring again. And ASU's defense in my opinion, behind B.J. Green and Clayton Smith, absolutely shut down the Wazoo offense in the second half. Yeah, again, another great performance from the defensive line. They made Cam Ward um, have some you know, troublesome fits back there. I saw they pressured him a lot tonight. Yeah, I they think pressured it was like 16 they, they times. Four, they they uh, had 14 QB hits, I believe, in this game. Wow. Jeez, um, sacked him a few times. Uh, they again, they did what they did kind of this NFL strategy that's been recent of not exactly trying to stop everyone for punts and everything, but it's it's more of just to contain and hold the offense. And again, they were helped out a lot by the fact that Washington State cannot run the football. I asked one of the Wazoo reporters that was here in Tempe, like, why don't they run the ball? And he was basically like, because they're not good at it. <laughs> and so that helped them, obviously, because, again, the football's won in the trenches. Yes. And usually the team that can run the ball well wins the game. ASU was that team. And but, yeah, what they did on the defensive line was really good. This first half felt like a shootout. It felt like a Big 12 game. Um it's and, like every time ASU scored, Cam Ward just found little pockets in the secondary. And I'm throwing my hands up in the air wondering, OK, you guys literally just scored. Can you not hold them down for like five seconds, please? Yeah, it was it was wild how the first half went. Yeah. But then at the end of the end of the first half is when everything just kind of 
switched for me in this game. Which was kind of led by, you want to give credit to Dario, now's the time, a 51-yard field goal to close out the half. Yes, ASU could not kick for the past, like, two, three weeks into this game. Could not kick. I don't know if it was really Dario's fault, if it was the protection's fault. There was a lot of issues on field goal um, for ASU. And I think just overall for the team to be able to see him hit that 51 yarder and then they came out and made it a 10 point game pretty quickly. I think that just kind of gave everyone an extra boost and some extra confidence. And it's like, you know, hey, we got this. We're not going to be struggling in the areas that we usually struggle in Mm -hmm. this game. And that's what I saw out of that. And I think it, it was just really impressive to me. To, to finally see just kind of all three phases come together in this one in a way that we haven't seen. And Kenny Dillingham referenced complimentary football, and I know Wolf hates the word complimentary <laughs> football, but it, that was what happened tonight. It was the defense, the offense, and special teams all coming together to win a game. See, it's funny because it felt like in the first half it was offense carrying the weight. And then in the second half, it was the two and then eventually Dario getting those extra points all coming together in the second half. And the second half was a much more complete game out of ASU than the first half was. Now, if they could just get two of those together, <laughs> except the problem is, is they're in Utah next week looking ahead and it's an 11 a.m. local kick. That's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not. And it's also... Gonna, they're going to have a, an angry Utah. A very angry Utah. Which just lost to Oregon 35-6. to six, And let's just go <laughs> Let's just go yep. right into that. Yep. All right. Uh, the uh, auto-cannibalizing conference, self-cannibalizing conference. What is, what's the expression here? The they best beat, fits the they beat each other up. They beat each other up. All right. Here's the scores. You mentioned. It's like, a, what are those little boxing robot guys? The uh, Rock'em, Rock'em Sock'em, Sock'em robot. That's, yeah. the, that's the Pac-12. Eventually, Blue's going to win, and then eventually Red's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, here's the back and forth. We mentioned the Oregon-Utah game. That was in Utah, by the way. And yeah. they got blown out 35 Yeah, that's six. one of the toughest places to play in the Pac-12, if if not in the country. It's only like 47,000 seats, but it is packed. It is loud. Uh, the student section's crazy there. They typically have a really good home field advantage, too. Yeah, yeah. And Oregon came in there and was like, nah, we're still the <laughs> kings of this conference. Sorry. It'll be interesting to see where they end up ranked after yeah. this week. Utah, too. Speaking of ranked teams that I personally, I don't know how they're holding on. They're holding on by a thread at this point. USC escapes Cal 50-49. to 49, And that's only because uh, Justin Wilcox called for a two-point attempt to try and get the win and go home with 50 or so seconds left. Yeah, I don't game. know why he did that. You and tie you tie the game because uh, it's it's it was way too early in the yeah, in the fourth quarter to be doing. If it was like 1 second left, sure, go for it, but you you could have gotten a turnover on the next drive. It was that was a really really poor coaching decision. I don't really know how Wilcox still has a job up there at Cal. <laughs> it just seems like he gets a free pass for whatever reason. No, no, no. let's be careful. He beat ASU after all. That's true, but like, <laughs> what has Cal done under him other than get the most COVID of every team? Yeah, easy. Like, they always get a bunch of COVID. Like they always got all the COVID. Hey, sometimes you just need stability or you want stability. So if Wilcox is able to get them six wins every other year, then they might be okay with that. That's not my prerogative. Also, that was peak Cal. That was just a peak Cal game overall. You had a protest <laughs> to like start things out. And then you had, uh, 
and and then you had them, you know, look good for a little bit, and then they didn't. Look I mean, they good. were beating USC at halftime by a good chunk too. Yeah, the the play the place was packed with USC fans. It was just again, it was peak Cal. Yeah, that that was exactly what you expect from Cal. This 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 iteration, not like we're not talking Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn no, Lynch. No, I got you. <laughs> Uh, staying in the uh, Northern Conference, uh, Stanford was host of number five Washington today. I don't know. Is this an impressive win by Washington? They won no. 42 to 33, <laughs> no. but it doesn't feel impressive at all. Their defense sucks. <laughs> yeah. ASU could only score seven points on them, but their defense sucks. <laughs> but it's And it's funny, too, because they're still the remaining undefeated team in this conference. They still might be on paper the last hope of a Pac-12 team cracking that top. No, four. no, or- Oregon, Oregon's the best team. I'm gonna say that right now. Who or- lost to Washington? Yes, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. That's one game. That's one game. They're gonna come back in the Pac-12 championship. It's gonna be Oregon Washington again, and wa- and Oregon's gonna take home. That's the- right because the format's the best two teams. Now. Yeah, best Forgot two teams. That. Oregon's gonna win, and they're gonna go to the playoff. That's my prediction. I think that they have Oregon State at home this year. Yeah, which is better because you never want to go to Corvallis. Late Oregon in the season. is so good against Oregon State and Eugene. It's just yes. they own that place. Yeah, but they they definitely do not own Corvallis. No, so they do. That's not. that's good for them, and it's good for the hopes of everyone in the conference that they're going to go. It just it would be nice. I, I always wanted it to be Utah. Yeah, because it would be nice if somebody other than Washington or Oregon was like the good Pac-12 team. I mean, they won the Rose Bowl last year. Or no, they were in the Rose Bowl last year. I can't remember if they won or lost. I know Oregon? they lost. Cam- no, Utah. Utah, yeah, they keep losing in Rose Bowls. And they that, lost Cam the Rising playoff, in that game. Though. That's yeah. not the playoff. I, I get it. I got you. I got you. Uh, two more games. Uh, UCLA, who I didn't realize was still ranked, but you know this might keep up in the rankings. 28-16 win over Colorado. I think the Magic's gone in Boulder for this year. Next year, maybe we'll take them a little more seriously, but the, the luck's just kind of run out for the Buffs. Yeah, they need to play more disciplined football. I think Shadur is going to come back. I don't think Dion's going to get a job somewhere else. No, I, he, I, he hasn't really proven that he should get a job somewhere else. I think we're going to see this same iteration next year. Like yeah. Travis Hunter, Shadur Sanders, Dion leading the way. They're all going to be back next year. Yeah, they just need to clean things up and get better players. And then the last game of the night, we have an upset, Jesse, in uh. the Pac-12. Arizona down in Tucson. Beats number eleven Oregon State twenty seven twenty four. That this, went final like, about thirty minutes ago. Is this even an upset ago. though? It is. But like U of A's good. U of A's good, but U of A's not ranked. So on paper, it's an upset. Yeah, but once they switched from Jaden Delora to, to Noah Fafita, Noah yeah, Fafita no, is great. To Noah man. Fafita, which you made a just what a, what a horrible joke earlier. They're going to the be celebrating group. by eating chicken fafitas. Ugh, so bad. It's just, it's so, uh, it's uh, cringe. I know it's, that's it, my humor. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> th- does anybody at this, this station have non cringe humor? Is anybody uh, actually good? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe Jared Carlin because he tells jokes every Some week. of it's cringe though. Yeah. But most of it is, you know, well thought out comedy. But. Sure. Sure. So that's your look around football from this past week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rankings turn out tomorrow. I'm curious to see. Who rises, who falls, particularly with Pac-12. I'm curious to see how many votes Arizona gets, because I think they're going to get plenty of receiving votes. I don't care about tomorrow's rankings, because this week is the first week of the 
college football playoff committee rankings, Ooh, which are the point. ones that really matter. So I will be throwing the AP rankings out the door That's and right. I will be looking at what the committee thinks. So now all the style points come into play, all that stuff uh, that the committee really looks at, you know, how good your wins are, how good your losses are. Yes. Um, hopefully they they put Penn State down a few notches. Penn State, very overrated. Um, yeah. I don't know why I decided to pick on Penn State, but <laughs> there you go. Um, JMU as well, not very good. Uh, now we're getting into group of five schools nobody cares about. Yeah, you got you to gotta slow down there, partner. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to be here all night talking about different <laughs> colleges. All right. Last topic we got to hit on. And yes, it is very much ASU related. Merrill Kelly. Pitching in Game 2 of the World Series tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sun Devil alum, of course. He absolutely shoved tonight. Seven innings, three hits, and a run allowed. The One, the, one of the hits was the home run to the allowed to Mitch Garver. And if you look closely at where he placed that pitch, I don't know how the heck Mitch Garver got that one over the left field wall. Nine strikeouts and no walks. Absolutely dominant day out of Mert. And the Diamondbacks won 9-1 to in Game yeah, 2. Yeah, he was nails. Uh I, I yes, I was paying attention to this game. I had uh, the great Greg Schulte, Gubna, uh, salute Gub, uh, in one one of my ears. Headphone I had ears, I yeah. had uh, I had my Bluetooth headphone, one of them connected, um, and you know he did a great job. Chris Garagiola did a great job for the three innings that he was in. Tom Candiotti, uh, it was, and yeah, I did a. I think I did a decent job paying attention and. Basically, what I what I heard was Merrill dominating. Merrill, what a performance! Merrill, are you? How long are you going to leave him? Leave Merrill out here? Like he only threw eighty nine pitches in seven innings. Yeah, like like this is a this is what like legends are made of. Like if the D backs win this World Series, like everyone's going to remember ASU legend Merrill Kelly as being like a Diamondbacks legend and like you know, probably going to be in the D-backs Hall of Fame kind of stuff. And oh, it's so, if he helps lead them to a title, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it's it's so cool because, yeah, he went to Arizona State, he played for the program, and now he's doing it in the city that he played for, uh, he played college for, and the state that, you know, I uh, he went to high school in, played junior college here. Just, it was kind of all, it just all kind of came together uh for him, which was, it was just really cool to see. And, um, I, you know, I don't want to get too much into D backs baseball on this, but sure. he gave them life. Like yes. that was a crushing way to lose game one. And for him to come out and just be like, nah, I got this. We're alive and well in this series. Like that's what legends are made of. And, you know, he's just another ASU baseball player with just crazy, crazy um, su- success in the the in the majors. You know, Barry Bonds. You can talk about him. You can talk about Andre Ethier. You can talk about Dustin Pedroia. He's you know he, you can notch him into that as well with these these great players. How about a current ASU student? And I don't mean this totally facetiously because he is an active online student. I learned that the other day. Corbin Carroll went two for five with two driven in today out of the two hole today. Another good showing for both of the Sun Devils, which we always love to see. And 
just on a side note, I'm excited for when they return to the Valley and they have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games here at Chase Field. Man, that place is going to be rocking. I'm excited to see. Yeah, Corbin Carroll, uh, how about that? No need. Literally zero need. Like, you could not pay me to ha- to do school if I was making millions of dollars a year <laughs> as a Major League Baseball player. But Corbin Carroll, he plays chess in the, the clubhouse. Uh, he's just, he's very intellectual. Yes. Um, so, you know, hats off to him for taking these classes. And a lot of the classes that he's taking, like, apparently, like, help him on the baseball field. Go watch his interview from when he was on Sunday Night Baseball. He was doing it mid-game and yeah. just talking about all these, like, philosophies and stuff that he's learning. He's just, he's an interesting dude, and he's a Sun Devil, I guess. He is a Sun Devil, indeed. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition. We will be back for our usual preview pod during the week, the middle of the week. At some point, of course, we've got a lot going on within the Arizona sports community. So when we're able to put together a preview podcast for this game against Utah on Saturday, we will get it out there. You know, we could do it on Thursday. That is true. Which maybe is the day after the D-backs have won the hey, World Series. Hey, easy, easy, there, easy. So there you Yeesh. go. Do you want to plug our, our yeah, social I'll do, I'll channels do all the or plugging. do you want don't, me to plug that? No, I got the plug okay. don't worry. All right, so if you want to see more of our content, uh, we do tracking of the football games. Uh, I know there's a big volleyball game tomorrow, or volleyball match, excuse me, tomorrow night. That Huge. is going Huge. to be at Mullet Arena. Yes. So make sure you go out and support the Lady Devils there because it is homecoming weekend. So if you're here, might as well support all the athletic groups, right? Uh, follow us on X slash Twitter and Instagram and it's Facebook Twitter. and threads. At AZ Sports Devils is the handle for all those sites. Uh, make sure to follow all the content that we have on the Arizona Sports YouTube page as well. And you can see Jesse's latest written work for this ASU game that happened tonight on ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app. Wait, are we on Threads? Yeah, well, you have a Threads account. It, Does it? Do we actually post on it? I don't know. I just have the login info for it. Okay, that's interesting. Does anybody use Threads currently right now? Sometimes I go on it. If and... you've made it to this part of the podcast and you are an active user of Threads, please message us. Yeah. On Don't message us on Threads, though. We won't see it. Message us on Twitter. Yeah, like, at us on Twitter, because you can't message anymore, (laughs) even if your DMs are open, because Elon. All right. I think we've said plenty. Once again, we are capping off what was an ASU victory tonight at Sun Devil Stadium over the Washington State Cougars. 38-27, the final first Pac-12 win for Kenny Dillingham and second win on the season. We'll be back. Looking forward to another match for ASU football this weekend against Utah. For Jesse Morrison and for Jeremy Schnell, who was on assignment tonight, I'm Mitch Varela saying so long, and we'll talk to you during the week.